Hi, and welcome to the Words of Encouragement podcast, a podcast of love, hope, inspiration, and encouragement using the Word of God for people from all walks of life. And of course, I'm your host, Arlena. Welcome, everyone, and thank you once again for joining me on another episode of the Words of Encouragement podcast. And of course, as always, I am your host, Arlena. If this is your first time, welcome. If not, welcome back. And yes, um, this is just a quick impromptu episode. And actually, in this episode, I... I'm going to be covering briefly three topics that are out there in the news. And it, I think it's very important as far as where the church is concerned. Now, of course, in this episode, I'm not going to go into what's in my cup and and all of that. The time now is currently 12.07 a.m. And yes, it's currently June 10th. Yes, and I have to go to bed because I got to get up to go to work tomorrow morning. But I wanted to get this out. So I'm just going to jump in there. So the first story that I want to cover is from the vanguard news and this is actually news that is coming from out of ghana well actually i'm uh, i do apologize it's coming from out of nigeria not ghana the next story is ghana and this happened this past sunday And, you know, a lot of times mainstream media news never really covers anything, especially when it pertains to Africa, except to show you people starving in Africa as if everyone in Africa is starving, which is not true. But anyway. So, actually... This took place this past Sunday, and it took place in Undo, Nigeria. And actually, this article that I'm reading from is stating 38 38 deaths. But this is from June 8th, and the number has increased. The last I checked, I believe, yesterday, it was 50, so only God knows what it is today. But this past Sunday in Uno, 
Nigeria. Undo, Nigeria. In a Catholic church as they were having Sunday Mass. A gunman enters killing at least at this point 50 people there was blood everywhere so i'm just going to read for you from the vanguard news and it says here the governor of undo state and the catholic church yesterday differed over the casualty figures recorded during the attack on St. Francis Catholic Church in Owa Lua Street, Owo. While Akeradulo, I'm not sure how that's pronounced, but anyway, confirmed that 22 people died in the attack, Bishop Jude Arugundade said that 38 deaths were confirmed. Now that was at the point of when this article was written. So this would have been like about maybe around maybe Tuesday. Today is Thursday. Well, actually it's Friday. Also Vanguard gathered that a three-year-old on admission at the Federal Medical Center in Owo was still in shock as a result of the blast. A nurse told Vanguard that the baby was still in shock due to the sound of the explosion which occurred at the church. Meanwhile, angry reactions continued to greet the Owa massacre as the Catholic Secretariat of Nigeria, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, General Overseer of the Redeemer Christian Church of God, RCCG, Pastor Enoch Adeboye, Primate Church of Nigerian Anglican Communion, Reverend Henry, and the Nigeria Labor Congress, as well as NLC, urged the federal government's security agencies to spare no effort in bringing the perpetrators to justice. Akerudulo, in a statewide broadcast, said that 80 persons were involved in the terrorist attack. Well, I actually thought it was a gunshot, but I guess it wasn't. It, it was a bomb. And he added that 52 survivors are on admission at the Federal Medical Center in Owo St. Louis Hospital. And that the Owo General Hospital, as well as some private hospitals. He, however, said the attack was an attempt to test the will of the people of the state and indeed the Southwest. According to the pastor of that church, in his own words, he says, the dastard act has the brazenly possible consequence of invitation to national anarchy. Yoruba land and Owo in particular have never been conquered before and it will never happen. The site that is St. Francis Catholic Church presents a gory, war-like scene. The Federal Medical Center in Owo, also the St. Louis Hospital and the General Hospital, as well as some other private hospitals in Owo, are filled with injured, with the injured people. 
most of who are in critical condition. So the number can actually, in the next couple of days, still go up. Even if it was one life lost, that was a lot. So imagine 22, as the officials want to say, whereas it's not 22, it's close to 50, the last I checked. The most unfortunate part is the lives of innocent children that were cut down in their prime and some severely injured by the mindless attackers. Now, according to the Vanguard, it reads here, at Owa, the anger is palpable. The tension is at an abrasive level just as the urge for reprisals are high. Without a doubt, the ripple impact of this heinous act, as well as the understandably angry reaction across the state, could not have been different. Now, I'm not going to continue reading any more of the article. Well, actually, it says something here about mass burial. Let's see. Meanwhile, Vanguard gathered that the deceased victims will be given a mass burial. A source at the Catholic diocese disclosed that a mass burial will be given by the church only to the bodies that could not be identified. He added that the date, time, and location for the mass burial were yet to be fixed by the church. And the source said, there are plans to give mass burial to those who lost their lives in the Sunday attack. The decision was taken due to the nature of their death. So we have to bury them instead of them just lying in the morgue. Those that will be given mass burial are those whose body could not be identified by anyone. My God. And it says here, when necessary arrangements have been concluded, the church will notify the public on when the mass burial will be done. The church is willing to release corpses to families that want to claim them for burial, which will be done after proper verification. This is really, really, really sad. Imagine you are not safe anywhere. You're not safe in the schools. You're not safe in church. You're just not safe. The only place you are safe is under the shelter of the Most High God. So every day before you leave your house, make sure that you apply the blood of Jesus to yourself from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Because let me tell you, you got not just crazy folk out there, you got some wicked folk out there that just do not care. When... I came across this information this past Sunday and actually um, I saw it on a YouTube channel that I am subscribed to, by the way, which is um, Miss Bisola Johnson's channel. And so I clicked on the video and oh my goodness, let me tell you something. You should have seen, there was blood all over. I mean, it was like people were in pieces. Um, it was, it was like, Wow. It was just unbelievable. The scene looked like it was a battlefield. Like, you know, when you go to war and you have these casualties, well, that's exactly how it looked. 
But the only difference in the battlefield was the Catholic Church. And it is so sad. And, you know, something she said in her video that really, that really stuck out. And one of the things that she said was, you know, you have some people, they go to church just to go to church. And then you have those that are saved. And then you have those that just visit church. And she was saying, you know, just imagine someone that might not have even been saved, might have been visiting, but have not given their life to Christ. And God forbid, you know, God forbid. That's why it's important that we do have to be ready. And when I say ready, I'm talking about salvation. Because you do not know what day, what time, or what hour, or what manner. Because evil is so rampant in the world today. We live in a world where the truth is considered evil and evil is considered good. So you know what time we are in, you know. The Bible speaks about these things. So my heart felt prayers really go out to the families of these people who have lost their loved ones in this heinous attack that occurred this past Sunday while they were worshiping in church. So the next story that I want to cover, now the next story is a joke. Well, it's not really a joke, but I I have to say it like that because if I don't say it like that, I'm not sure what I'll say at this point. People, you need to be careful with people around you. Wait till you hear the story. Now, this story is coming out of Ghana. Okay. So this story is taken from the Ghana web. Now, there's a channel that I follow faithfully every night, Christian channel, and he showed us the video. And then, of course, afterward, it was just trending because others picked it up as well. So I decided, you know what, I need to really speak on this because this is serious business. So without further ado. Police confirm arrest of returnee who attempted to use his 11-year-old daughter for money ritual. You heard exactly what I said. Just in case you didn't, let me read it one more time. Police confirm arrest of returnee who attempted to use his 11-year-old daughter for money ritual. Now, I'm going to be reading this. It's not too long, so I'll go ahead and I'll read it. And I'll probably, um, you know, play you a snippet of the video as well. Police say it has commenced investigations into alleged ritual murder at Oyibi Home. Victim of alleged ritual murder in Accra is safe. Returnee busted after herbalist exposes him for attempting to kill his daughter for money. 
The Ghana Police Service has arrested a 42-year-old businessman, a returnee from the diaspora, who attempted to use his daughter for a money ritual in Accra, Ghana. In a statement issued on June 3rd, 2022, the police said that the suspect, Evans Opong, allegedly took his 11-year-old daughter to a herbalist, okay, in a suburb of Accra, to get her killed for a ritual. The police have arrested the 42-year-old businessman. He's a resident of Fisi near, what is that? Amasaman? Honey, forgive the pronouncement for allegedly taking his 11-year-old daughter to a native priest in Accra for ritual purposes yesterday, which would have been, at that point, Thursday, June 2nd. The suspect's arrest followed information provided by a patriotic citizen to the police, and we are grateful to him for his selfless service, which has saved the life of the child involved. Portions of the police statement read, the police added that the victim is in their custody and it is working on uniting her with her family. I hope I hope when, when they say her family, it don't include him. I hope he on his way to jail. A video shared on Facebook showed a man being arrested for sending his daughter to a herbalist to have her killed for money. In the video shared by Nana... Adu Jr. on Facebook, who identifies himself as a chief military man, writer, author, poet, and herbalist, he narrated how the man, Evans Opong, who was also captured in the video wearing a plain white cloth and sitting on a wooden stool, brought his daughter to him, optimistic that she would be killed for rituals. He explains in the post, that Evans Opong had just returned from abroad and came to him for help because things were not going on well with him there. Hmm. So he lived abroad wherever he lived. Who knows? Maybe America. I don't know. And things are not that great for him. So he comes home and he takes two. Actually, it's actually two children he wanted to sacrifice from his 12 children. Okay. So he decides wherever he's living abroad, Things are not growing, going great with him, so he needs money, and he, he, he got to get it fast. So he wants to use two out of his 12 children as a money ritual sacrifice in order for things to be better with him where he is at. Oh, he's a wonderful father, ain't he? Boy, you better know who you're marrying. Ain't no, oh, Lord, thank God I ain't the mother of that child. That's all I'm going to say. He added that the man explained that he has 12 children and that he wanted to use two of them for the rituals. And that was why he went for his daughter from school and brought her to him. However, unknown to Evans Opong, who was the child's father, he had just walked into a trap. Oh, God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless that man for coming forward and not doing what this evil father wanted him to do. There are still good 
people in the world and we thank God, especially in today's world. Listen, this is nothing foreign to Africans. People from the Caribbean islands. And even some from the Hispanic islands. Okay, because this goes on all the time. This is nothing new. So this is nothing foreign for me. We know about this, these kind of things. We know. I don't practice it, but I know of it. And many have been sacrificed. Some blood, because there's different forms of sacrifice. Some is blood rituals, which is known as a blood sacrifice. And then you have other types of sacrifice that might not involve blood, but it can be a spiritual sacrifice where your destiny has, is being taken from you, your marital destiny, your children, your womb. I mean, listen, I could spend all night here on that because there's nothing new. And a lot of people are ignorant to a lot of things that are going on out there, especially people in the church. Imagine he is living wherever he is living. Things are not going great with him, like I said before. So he decides to come home and sacrifice two of his 12 children. Some people just have children just for that. Okay, sometimes they have the numbers for a reason. Thank God for the herbalist. That he wasn't that type of man. He was just a plain herbalist. That's it. But a lot of times you have some herbal, or a lot, <laughs> that practice these types of things. So when he went to this herbalist, he thought that he also did that. But what he didn't realize, that he didn't. You see, God was in the midst. He was right up in there. And you're probably asking, how was God up in there? You know how? Because God made sure, because he obviously he was determined to sacrifice these two kids. He was determined. So what the Lord did, the Lord allowed him to, he going to go? We going to send him to one that don't practice that? But he didn't know that. And he walked right into a trap. This is definitely a season of exposure. And may God continue to expose all these evil, wicked, and decrepit people. Seriously. In the name of Jesus. So, I am going to play you a little snippet of the video. So, I'm going to play it and then I'll be back with the last story. So, stay tuned for the snippet. I'm a disciplined man. I'm in tear in your bonnet. And I want to prove to the whole world. Any more with my mind, tell me, say, I have traditional hair palace in any papa for. And you will do for you, Gumipa, send you more Nigeria from the Ghana Fimono. 
This one is a bad man. Then you need to know who I call out the bathroom, you can find your schedule now. Call out Oh, how are you? Okay, my name is Nanebi Bwafu Jr. Okay, what's the name of your father? Ivan Sopon. Okay, your father brought you here so that I'll kill you so that he'll get money. So he brought, oh, don't be scared, my daughter, don't be scared. So I brought the police in to come and save you. So the police will take care of you, okay? The man is a policeman, they'll take care of you, okay? Okay, so the last story, but definitely not the least. It's none other than Pastor John Gray, not Pastor, Pastor that needs to be put out to pasture in the news again. <sighs> I'm so tired of them sometimes that it's not even funny. You know, I thank God for the real ones that are still out there, that are on the front line fighting and doing the work of God. Just imagine pastor preaching in Undo, Nigeria this past Sunday. And a bomb goes off killing almost 50 people that Many of them are not even identifiable and are about to be buried in a mass grave. And you have this clown again <laughs> with his shenanigans. Because, yeah, I mean, let's just be real. And the reason why I'm, I am addressing this, because it needs to be addressed. And because this man has God knows how many followers. And there is a friend that I know. He's like a brother to me. And if I'm not mistaken, he is sitting under this man. Now, I visited this church in 2015. When it was still under carpenter and my friend while I was visiting in Greenville at that time took me to the church while carpenter was still the pastor and of course John Gray is now the pastor of that church which is known as Relentless Church. So I'm assuming that my friend is probably still sitting under this man. This is so disgusting. And the first, I wasn't impressed. But okay. You give him the benefit of the doubt. What John Gray should have done the first time was step down and get help. 
But instead, he, ke- he keeps preaching. And now here we go again. When you sit under these people, there is no blessing. These people are cursed. I'm sorry. So if you're sitting under this person, you don't expect blessings to fall on you. It's just like you can't expect an orange tree to give you apples or an apple tree to give you an orange. Just like you can't expect something that's cursed to give you blessings. Now, I would have a lot more respect for John Gray had he sat down the first time when his so-called emotional affair happened. But what happens with these mega church pastors? They don't do like what the Bible say. They just move from one thing to the other. They get caught, they get up there, they say a nice little speech, and then the next day they are in the pulpit preaching as if nothing happened until the next time again when they get caught and you know what shout out to Tasha Kay for God using her for the second time now I'm going to read a little bit here um let's see so I am reading this now from Black Enterprise. Now, if you see Black Enterprise covering this, you must know. Because if you are familiar with Black Enterprise, you know it's mostly about business. Business. It says here, last week, Tasha K posted a video calling out the popular South Carolina pastor of Relentless Church after allegedly having a personal conversation with a woman claimed to be the religious leader's mistress. Now, according to the alleged mistress, she says here, he's sending me cash apps. He said he's going to move me to Atlanta. He's going to buy me a house. He's going to buy me a car. Okay. (laughs) The alleged mistresses claims that she had virtual sessions. You heard, did you hear what I just said? Virtual sessions. I assume he used Zoom. Okay with the pastor for a month before realizing he was the well-known pastor John Gray. Tasha claims the woman was virtually pleasing. Did you hear what I said? Listen, virtually pleasing Gray over the phone and being told she would receive all of the material possessions. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Lord help me. Uh, you two churches looking better and better each day. And it says here, but after pleasing Gray, the alleged mistress was left dissatisfied. Fellow YouTube personality Larry Reed stepped in to the situation to get some clarity on the alleged affair. Reed posted a video offering his update on the allegations after having his own personal conversation with the alleged mistress. He also revealed the video the alleged mistress sent Tasha Kay confirming her relations with Gray. And this is um, what this is what Larry Reed says. I know that Pastor John Gray is not wicked. He's wounded. Really. He's not telling his whole story. Really. How about he just sit down? How about, how about he just go and sit down? 
repent, sit down, and go get some healing if that's the case. No problem with that. But no, he continues to preach. As if it's okay. See, had he sat down the last time, we wouldn't be here today. But I forgot, the mega church, they have their own rules. And it definitely does not apply to the Bible. Now does it? After speaking with the alleged mistress, Reed says the woman has never met Gray personally. Her relations with Gray were all virtual. Okay. It's Natasha and Reed also came together to rehash their findings and continue putting Gray on blast. The latest patients come three years after Gray appeared on The Real and owned up to cheating on his wife. The Grays made headlines in 2019 after taking to the pulpit to call out the strange woman tempting the pastor. Now, which, who? I'm not trying to be rude here. But I always try, I was trying to say, who having affairs with this man? I mean, I'm just going to be honest now. Who, 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 who is having affairs with this man? Just, I mean, I mean, oh Lord. I mean, this is just ridiculous. This is just, you got to know who you are sitting under. You have to know who you're sitting under. You got to know who passed the laying hands on you. This is not a joke. Because you know what? If he got demons and he's laying hands on you, what do you think he's transferring to you? Angels? Blessings? Do you think he's blessed? Doing what he's doing and still remaining in the pulpit, continuing to preach? He isn't. Now, if he has a problem, I can understand. And when you have a problem, you need to admit your problem. Go and, go and sit with the Lord and seek help. Step down. I can respect anyone that does that. Anyone that does that, I respect you. It's just like Fred Price Jr. I don't know what he did and I don't care. He stepped down and he went and got himself together with the help of God and come back stronger. I can deal with that. Jimmy Swaggart did the same thing. I can deal with that. But not someone deliberately continuing knowing. How do you preach us? How do you open your Bible? How do you stand up in the pulpit? And then right after standing up in the pulpit, you get on a Zoom call and exposing yourself to a mistress. How do you do that? Is there no fear of God? I don't, I don't understand this. I do not. It's like there's no fear. If he who being a pastor has no fear of God, will God help him? Every day I'm in my house. I'm like, God, you ain't going to kill me. Are you serious? Me? Oh. And how is it? I'm not even a pastor. And how is it you are a pastor? You continue, You get up there. I'd be afraid to even get up in the pulpit if I was doing that. Are you serious? I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of these types of pastors. I'm sick and tired of them. 
I'm just going to be honest. Because it makes the whole church look bad. And for those on the outside looking in, this is what they think the church is about. But that is not the real church. But they don't know that. And they lump everything together thinking that, oh, that's what the church represents. But that's not the true church. That's not the church of the Bible. The church of the Bible, many of them were martyred for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at some of the stories of some of the apostles. Paul was beheaded. He wasn't driving Lamborghinis. And I mean, if you got the money and you want to buy one, nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying. Okay? Peter was crucified upside down. Well, we all know what happened to Judas by now. He went to where he needed to go. They did not die easy death. John the Baptist lost his head for telling the truth. Are you serious? For telling the man you can't take your your brother's wife. He lost his head. (laughs) There are men on the front line that are preaching. Look at Pastor Arthur Pulaski who was jailed just for standing up and because he decided he ain't closing his church for COVID. The man was jailed and, 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 and persecuted and mistreated in prison. And you got, oh, I don't even want to go no further because, yeah, something going to come out of my mouth that I ain't supposed to. And you know the strangest thing? When you got pastors that are preaching the truth, you got the so-called church folk coming after these pastors. Oh, you ain't got no love. Oh, you ain't got no this. But you know what? They got all the sympathy and the empathy for the John Grays and the other cheating pastors. Hmm. They have no fear of God. God bless them. And that's as much as I'm going to say on that subject because he ain't worth my time. I'm sorry, but yeah. But it just needed to be said. There are so many Awesome preachers out there preaching the gospel. I mean, I can name a few of them. I'm going to start with my former pastor, Pastor Inoy Tukanwa, Reverend K. L. Blessing, Pastor Gino Jennings, Charles Lawson, one of my favorites. Okay, Dr. Jonathan Hansen, King Richie Wren. That's just a few. That is just the late Russ Dizdar. The late Al Cuppet. The late A.A. Allen. Hey, listen. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, I'm going to be doing a piece on the late A.A. Allen. Pastor Nix, who came up under A.A. Allen. Jerome Davison. I mean, there's so many, you know, Pastor Raphael Grant. And I can't forget my boy. Hey, I can't forget him. Apostle John Anuma. Men of God. 
true men of God. They ain't got time to be doing that mess. I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for Mr. John Gray. I'm not even going to address him as pastor. I'm sorry. When he steps down, repent, get the help he need, I can begin to, to feel some type of remorse towards him. But until then, I don't. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm very, very, very sorry. I grew up in a time when pastors were God-fearing. I mean, now and then, like we sit back home once in a blue moon. I'm not sure when a blue moon is, but anyway, once in a blue moon, you might find or hear some type of scandal about a pastor. And they were few and far in between. Now it's the norm, and it's like nothing. They just... Um, get on their social media page, say a nice little um, speech, and then the next day they're out preaching. No accountability. But guess what? If they don't repent, they will answer to the Lord. So on that note, that's it for this impromptu episode. So see you in the next episode. Be blessed. Be safe.